if the DevOps engineer or the one that is in charge of putting those policies is too strict, then it might impact you know, uh, the delivery and the velocity of the development tool. So I think um, you need to use that wisely and make sure that you maintain both velocity, but uh, using uh, policies to prevent something that can be uh, very uh, like a disaster to the company. So we just like, uh, you know, with great power come great responsibility. <laughs> Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, head of developer relations at Aquilas, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. Welcome back everybody. My name is Jeremy Hess with Aquiles and today my guest is Iran Bibi. He's co-founder and chief product officer at a really fantastic startup called Firefly and they deal with many different things and we're going to talk about that a little bit soon. But Iran, before we get into you and the company and all of that, let's talk a little bit about policy as code, which is what this episode is going to be about. So policy as code, you know, it's a it's a bit of a newer term um, in the industry, and it kind of has these remnants and these ideas of sort of like old school, like policy and things like that. So can you give us a little understanding about what policy as code is all about? Yes, of course. So uh, policy as code is one of those trends of doing everything as code. And I think the main advantage of using uh, that new methodology is uh, uh, having uh, the power for developers to create policies uh, for their own and using the community to extend uh, the, the policy surface uh, on the organization. So it's really, really cool uh, methodology nowadays. Got it. Well, what was it like, you know, as in terms of like, looking at policy as as an old school term what was the the difference there between like what it was and how it's changed so the idea is uh basically about enforcing and prevention so you would like to have more control about the stuff that you are deploying on your uh let's say kubernetes cluster or uh, cloud workloads and policy as code is basically giving you the opportunity uh to create those gating in the CI and make sure that the configuration that you have in place is uh, met your policy that you decide uh, to put on your organization. It can be uh, stuff that related to security. This is the most uh, common use cases, but it's also about having uh, like alignment and best practice and even uh, make sure stuff is uh, built for scale. Got it. Got it. Really cool. All right. So, uh, Iran, why don't you give us just a little bit about you, your background, and uh, and more about what Firefly is doing today? So, uh, my name is Iran Bibi. I'm um, a DevOps engineer in my uh, previous uh, role. I did a few DevOps uh, positions uh, in the past uh, 10 years, and now I'm uh, co-founding and uh, leading the product at Firefly, uh, a new startup uh, that basically helping DevOps to get better control on their cloud. Got it. All right, well, can you give us a little bit more detail? Like what's uh, what's Firefly doing in that realm of, of you know, the cloud and how it's helping customers? 
Sure. So uh, Firefly is basically a cloud asset management tool, and we are scanning the cloud and then giving uh, the user uh, the visibility about all the stuff that he have in the cloud. And uh, one of the main metrics that we are providing is basically what portion of the cloud is managed by infrastructure as code and what is not. And uh, when I say not is like workload that you are manually created using like a click ops kind of uh, uh, usage or uh, like a CLI tooling. But in any case, you don't have any infrastructure as code. So Firefly giving you that uh, visibility and then giving you the automation to help you to increase that coverage of infrastructure as code. So think about it as the tool that help you achieving your goals of meeting best practice and industry standards. Got it, got it, awesome. So uh, getting a bit more into policy as code, well, why did we, what was the impetus for these changes for policy as code? You know, what, what's novel about the idea of policy as code specifically? So um, we have that trend of shifting left and um, with that and um, giving more power for developers uh, uh, doing stuff early in the stage of uh, the life cycle of uh, uh, the software. So policy as code um, is basically the opposite of buying uh, some security, a very expensive kind of security system that giving you enforcement on the runtime. So policy as code is just giving the power for the developers to use the community uh, uh, manifest and the community powers to put guardrails on the CI and make sure nothing is uh, being provisioned uh, into, the, into the production. And I think uh, Kubernetes have a lot of uh, with that trend. So policy as code, uh, even if I'm talking more specifically about some framework that are popular in that domain, like OPA, is uh, like giving you a very simple syntax to create a policies on the stuff that you can uh, uh, provision into the Kubernetes cluster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, actually where I wanted to to take this to understand a little bit more about OPA. So, how would in you know first of all, why don't you give us a little bit more detail about OPA? It's a very it's a large project, um, and uh, let's hear a little bit more about that. So OPA is a framework built by a company called Styra. And I think it's something like uh, four or five years old. So it's relatively new. And uh, it is providing uh, a very simple syntax of creating policies. The syntax is called Rego. And by having Rego is basically checking against uh, a JSON uh, manifest. So if you have a workload like in Kubernetes or um, Terraform, for example, you can create with a very like a few lines of code in a human readable kind of syntax, uh, a gates for stuff. So the output of the OPA is basically allow or deny. Mm. So you, you can create those rules and say, um, let me give you some uh, very concrete example. Um, you will not allow any workload with uh, without liveness probe to be provisioned into your Kubernetes cluster. So you basically can create a Rego syntax that working against the manifest of a deployment, or Kubernetes deployment, and just make sure you have that block of liveness in your uh, manifest. And if you don't have it, it will basically provide a deny kind of output, and then you can gate it 
early in the stage of deployment and make sure you don't have any deployment running without Liveness Pro. Oh, got it. Okay. So, well, how would, let's say a startup, uh, you know, or an early stage company be able to implement a policy as code, you know, based on the, the OPA, you know, framework? So it's very easy uh, because of that um, policy as code uh, is, is, is a code and it can be shared in GitHub. You can find tons of projects online, already have uh, a built-in uh, kind of uh, policies that you can use, even without writing a, a line of code, just you know, cloning those repositories and implement it on your uh, cluster. So in Kubernetes uh, uh, case, there is a project uh, called Gatekeeper that is uh, checking your policy against the running workload and making sure you don't have any violation uh, on your runtime. And there is also uh, uh, some tooling that you can put, put even before that in your CI that is just scanning your uh, manifest like Elm chart or uh, YAML manifest and making sure uh, you don't have any anything that is misconfigured. But I think the real power of policies code is the community. The fact that you, without writing any line of code, you have tons of uh, uh, policies out there and even like a compliance packages. You can, you, you can have like a PCI compliance and HIPAA compliance, best practice, well-architected, all of those stuff already available for any developers to put on their CI and making sure nothing that is misconfigured will be provisioned to the cloud. Right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the power of uh, of community. We we always love our our community members, our community friends, and developers helping developers is always a uh, a fantastic uh, you know uh, melding together of of, of you know uh, minds. So it's really great. Um, let Let's ask a little more about uh, you know policies code specifically in terms of the challenges, things that are a little bit more you know difficult, let's say, what are kind of the challenges that you see or what's the biggest challenge, let's say, of implementing policy as code at a, at an early stage company? So um, you know, putting uh, gates, whether it's uh, like denying stuff of being a provision to the cloud, can be something that can slow slow you down. So if an early stage startup is all about, you know, delivering best value to the customers without having everything perfect, if the DevOps engineer or the one that is in charge of putting those policies is too strict, then it might impact, you know, uh, the delivery and the velocity of the development tool. So I think um, you need to use that wisely and make sure that you maintain both velocity but uh, using uh, policies to prevent something that can be uh, very uh, like a disaster to the company. So we just like, uh, you know, with great power come great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> yeah. um, it's great, but you need to make sure every, again, in early startup to move uh, fast and uh, then you have the time to fix and align other um, like, non-perfect kind of workloads that you have on the cloud. Got it, got it. Well, actually, you, you come from a, a larger, a bit of a larger co company that was a startup not too long ago, Aqua. Um, so you also have that security background. Um, what would you say are some things that you saw that at a larger company you were able to uh, implement, but now at, at a startup, it's a little bit more difficult to implement those uh, specific 
um, you know, ideas uh, and, and, and tools? So my experience with Aqua was uh, very similar to what we have right now in Firefly because I was joined uh, Aqua Security very early uh, stage when we were like 20 employees. And, and again, it was the same dilemma because I was the, the one that is in charge on the CICD pipeline and I put those tooling in order to make sure uh, there is the right gating in place. So I think if I'm, um, you know, Looking specifically about security, the policy was uh, very strict regarding, you know, eye and critical vulnerability uh, that the CI will uh, basically stop the build in case uh, there is uh, such findings. But for uh, lesser than that, we we were very like um, only about like alerting and not enforcing and stopping the build because again, startup need to make sure there is an high velocity of workloads and uh, developers doesn't have to deal all the time with why the CI was stopping the build. And, and again, it, it, as I mentioned, is is a really uh, in terms of finding the right balance. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so another question I really like to ask all my guests when we're talking about especially security is, do you at Firefly, do you use your own uh, product in order to check your own product? <laughs> yes, of course. We are uh, calling it like drinking our own champagne. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Instead of dog food, right? Instead of dog yes, food. Yes, <laughs> dog food. Uh, we, we find a, a prettier term uh, for that. So the dog food protocol in Firefly is uh, about making sure all of our AWS account and Kubernetes cluster are uh, integrated with Firefly and we are using that in order to make sure uh, you know the cloud is aligned with best practice and everything is uh, uh, codified, uh, uh, meaning described as code, and it's a great um, kind of experience. You know, we have our own like DevOps engineer, and he's using Firefly like any other customer. And if he finds uh, a defect, he's open a defect for the development, and uh, it's it's a great uh, methodology. All right, fantastic. Now, one one uh, one more question I like to also ask is, you know, just for our listeners, because of course we're trying to talk about shift left principles and and uh, you know how to make sure that developers are still able to uh, continue doing their work with as little stopping and changing as possible, um, but also make sure that they're implementing security best practices. What are let's say one or two tips you might give, uh, you know, generally? Uh, about how developers can implement security? What are some, in your head, in your eyes, what are some basics that a developer could implement without worrying too much about overhead? So if um, like a shift left was all about putting stuff in the CI, I think right now uh, the trend is even uh, left than that. So every plugin, that the developer can put in the IDE, whether you know it's a DS code or uh, other uh, kind of tooling that is um, giving them the the visibility about you know uh, the status of this code in in all of those perspective, whether it's um, a configuration or even you know a security um, on a specific code block that is writing. So there is a great tooling out there that integrate with the IDE. So this is um, stuff, stuff that I, I recommend. And I think it's become very 
like a standard uh, kind of approach of having those plugins in the in the IDE. Great. That's a great one. Um, yeah, I think that uh, developers definitely have that, uh, that idea. Um, and on top of that, uh, I wanted to ask just a little extra here, which is not specifically related to this necessarily. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a meetup with, uh, with, with your team uh, on uh, the newest uh, product open source project that, uh, that was put out into the world, a valid IAC. Uh, so maybe uh, as a little preview, we can give our listeners what, what's Valid IAC all about? Of course. So uh, we basically created uh, that SaaS offering uh, for developers to have a, a very nice access directly from the browser to make sure the infrastructure as code is aligned with a uh, few verticals. So we have a security scanner, a linter, and also a cost projection. We use a uh, few of the most popular open source tooling and just combine it into one uh, very nice uh, UI uh, SaaS based. And of course it's open source. So I encourage everybody uh, uh, to support us with a star and even contribute. If you think, you know, additional tool can be added to that uh, portal, but you know, I will, uh, I will uh, keep the, the, the demo into the, to the meetup. Yeah, for I, later, I absolutely. <laughs> fantastic all right so that was a fantastic interview uh iran i really appreciate your time thank you so much uh good luck with firefly and uh hopefully we get to have you on again when uh firefly hits you know their next rounds of uh funding and and beyond uh and we wish you all the best so have a great day and thanks so much thank you jeremy thank you for having me yep bye-bye bye-bye